Good day everyone. As promised, this is the second part of my article, Protecting Children at All Costs. This was a very hard thing to do, sharing. But as I said, the time has come to step out of our comfort zone and to deal with the hard issues and to make sure that we serve whom it is that we're really called to serve so that when our time is up, we know that we actually did something that's worthwhile. I have been reading the debates online from different people's perspectives and I haven't seen anyone share it from the perspective of people who have actually gone through the ordeal, people who have actually been preyed upon by these people who I will refer to as predators, which is a biological term, and I'm sure we all remember our biology. I can't think of another word that actually suits what they do better than that. So to continue with what had happened, as I had said in the article, I was a very curious and inquisitive child. I loved gadgets, I loved equipment, and that was what drew me to going there and finding out information. I was curious about how things worked, I was curious about how the human body performed, and meeting someone who actually worked with this equipment and who was respected, combining both of these abilities. It really was exciting. So I really look forward to going there. And unfortunately, this adult took advantage of that. Unfortunately, this is something that repeats itself over and over. And a lot of us turn a blind eye and pretend like it doesn't happen. It's not excusable. There's no justification. There's nothing that gives an adult the right to take advantage of a child because a child looks up to adults for protection. I have seen a snake strike when I was younger and that was why the analogy is so perfect because they dance first. They swerve from side to side, they watch you, they mimic how you move and where you're going to go to, and then they move for the kill. And that's exactly what these predators do. Their playbook follows that schema. They mimic you, they understand, they try to find out what makes you tick, what you like, and then they move in for the kill. Some move faster than the others, but they move in nonetheless. And after a couple of days going back and forth to work on my teeth and get my cavities filled, the final day when we were sealing it, I was sitting there by now I was a lot more relaxed because this 
person, this man, had presented himself as my friend, as a friend of a young child, sitting down, making eye contact, listening, sometimes even crouching to one's level. So that day, I was relaxed and I was sitting there. And um, then they used to use the silver solution, the silver, not solution, the silver compound to fill in the cavities. I don't know what they use right now, I can't remember. But then it used to be that silver compound. And, you know, it was gleaming and it looked interesting. And I, you know, just looking forward to it going in. When you're about to go under, or when it's about to be done, they have to apply anesthesia so that you don't feel the pain, particularly at that area. So the anesthesia is actually supposed to be local. It's not supposed to be general. But for some reason, I believe he must have switched it up because I was really numb. You know, for a greater part of my body, I was really numb and I couldn't feel anything. And of course, we went ahead and did the cavity. But unfortunately, this medical professional decided to betray his profession by actually touching a minor in ways that he really had no right to. And even as numb as I was, a part of my brain registered that there was something really wrong with this. Fortunately, my parents were very enlightened people, and especially my mother. She had, you know, always spoken about never allowing adults to touch you inappropriately. So I remember when I was released, I went back to the waiting area and I, there must have been a look in my eyes because my mother kept asking questions and she took me outside and I had to spill everything and I will never forget the outburst that she had towards the man. To this day, now as a parent, when I take my child to the dentist, I'm in there with him throughout all procedures. I don't leave his side. I know that's an effect from what had occurred. But you see, when a child's trust has been betrayed, it is hard for that child to trust again. It is hard for the child to let down their guard again. And this is why there's absolutely no justification for an adult to sully a child this way. All the child is looking for is acceptance and love. Whatever issues you have as an adult, as an adult you need to go sort it out yourself, but not to inflict it upon a child. So I'm going to end this podcast by asking us to not shame the children. Uh, I want to call them victims because to me, 
they are much stronger because they've gone through this experience. It's not easy, this ordeal. I want to call them victors, not victims, because they are not victims, they are victors. What we need to do is be building them up, bringing them up, and loving them and telling them it's not their fault. They did not ask for this to be inflicted upon them. Thank you.